It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The reports of Tyler Stevenson's demise have been greatly exaggerated. We're going to tell you why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our love of the game. We have taken our love for this team, and we have turned it into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about Tyler Stevenson and what you can expect from him in 2024. Will it be a rebound year or will it be a year that sees Luke Maley take a majority of the playing time? We're going to tell you, spoiler alert. Tyler Stevenson is going to rebound. We are also going to take a look into the crystal ball. We are going to look into the future and talk about what might be coming up through the system to be the next catcher number one for the Cincinnati Reds. But Jeff, let's start with Tyler Stevenson because I've seen some stuff out there. I know you've seen some stuff out there where people expect Tyler Stevenson to maybe become less important, have less of a role, maybe even be the backup catcher in 2024. And I just don't see that that's anywhere within the realm of possibility. I I think that there's a lot of upside still left in Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, let's put that to bed right now. That ain't happening. Tyler Stevenson is catcher one for 2024. He's going to prove it too. I I firmly believe that let's start with the basics on this because we don't really have to get very far to understand why Tyler Stevenson is going to bounce back. Tyler Stevenson in his career, Steve has played a total of 332 games. Now my math, which is not always great would tell me that that's two seasons worth of games. I know that it says he's been in the major leagues for four years, but he's essentially played two full seasons that means what he went through last year was a sophomore slump and if we're going to kick a guy to the curb because of a sophomore slump then I think we're being a little bit premature he is going to bounce back because he went through a lot of different injuries he went through a lot of different things I mean they were asking him to play first base they were asking him to DH on top of being a catcher and I think we immediately assumed that that was going to be a cakewalk, that somehow he was going to assimilate all of that very quickly, like he was some sort of Borg. And that's just not the case because he's a human being. So when you ask him to play three different positions on top of being healthy from a broken collarbone the year before and to hit well at the plate, that's a lot to do for a dude that's only played one full season of games coming into last year's season. So I think... They went way too hard, way too fast with Tyler Stevenson in 2023. Now that we're backing it off, now that we're looking at 2024 and saying he is a catcher, that's who he is, and he's catcher number one, he's going to settle into that role nicely, and we're going to see him bounce back. You know, I think that watching him play last year, Jeff, and and you and I talked about this a lot just when we were watching games together and texting back and forth. I don't think he was fully healed 
coming off of that injury at the beginning of the season. Everything about his performance from throwing the ball to the way he looked in his at-bats trying to get around on the ball, I still think that shoulder was bothering him. I still think that that collarbone was giving him a hard time. Uh, As the season progressed and he got more healthy, he looked better. He played better. And 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 let's let's make no mistake. As a catcher, he put up 0.7 WAR last season. I mean, nothing to write home about. We've talked about what you want in WAR production from a typical starter. Uh, OPS plus 17. I'm sorry, 13 percent below league average. He was 87 in OPS plus. Not horrible. Not what we expected. Not what we needed from him as uh, catcher number one. But not as bad as it could be either. Slash line was not horrid either when you look and break down his numbers 243 317 378 you take all that information all that says to me you're right it was a sophomore slump and and that's a great way to look at it and 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 it's a cautionary tale folks because if you're ready to pull the plug on tyler stevenson based on what you saw last season if you're ready to pull the plug on what as jeff is saying amounts to his sophomore season slump you better buckle up because there is no less than five rookies heading into their sophomore season for 2024. And one of them is going to have a slump. One of those guys is going to have a sophomore slump. So are you going to be ready to quit on Ellie De La Cruz? If he struggles a little bit in 2024, how about Matt McClain? What if Matt McClain regresses a little bit? And he probably will because he played way up here, right Right. out of the gate. There might be a slower start. So when when you start doing this, when you when you when you take these small little samples and use it to make an overarching decision, uh, you got to be careful, and then and you got to be willing to apply that across the board. And I wouldn't be willing to apply that across the board. So I, I think all of these things line up, Jeff, to say that Tyler Stevenson is going to rebound. Now I know I got excited with him being the potential first base DH multi-position player guy. I know, I know I, right. I drank the Kool-Aid. I, so all come at me in the comments. I I'm, I deserve it. 40 home runs. That's what I said. I know it. You know it. We all know it. I said 40 home runs. Yeah. Okay. He's not going to be that guy, but he could hit 25 home runs next season. He hit 13 home runs last year uh, with a, a wrecked shoulder. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. he could hit 25 bombs next year, batting seventh or eighth in this Reds lineup. Uh, I will take that all season long. And we saw, too, that I, I, I saw a delineation in the first four months of the season as opposed to the last two. When August hit, and, and for the final two months and one day in October, for Tyler Stevenson, he was a different hitter, and mostly because of his plate discipline. Now, the, the results will not tell you that. The results actually didn't look as great, but we saw a different approach at the plate from April through July. Tyler Stevenson swung at 60% of the pitches in the zone. That's not very much. He was laying off of everything that he was seeing in the strike zone. When you get to August and you look at the final two months of the season, that jumped up to 71.6%. So you're probably thinking, okay, with, with, with the more swinging, probably he was making less contact. Actually, he made more contact in the final two months of the season. The way that I look at that is this. He finally got his eye back. He finally got his confidence in his swing back. And he finally 
understood how to attack each at bat with how he was feeling at that time. He had gotten past all of the moving around of positions and things like that. So he was starting to get the confidence. He just didn't get the results. His BABIP was crazy low for the final two months of the season. In fact, it was 261. I mean, it's not as crazy low as you might think, like 200 or something like that, but it's 30 points below what you expect the league average to be with his batting average on balls in play. All of that tells me this. He had the right approach. He was getting the unlucky results. We're going to see that approach carry over into this next season, and he's going to start getting the results. The 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 year that he put up, in 2022, when he had the injury problems and he only played 50 games, people looked at that slash line and said, that's who Tyler Stevenson is. It's probably a little bit less than that. But when you're talking about a catcher and when you're talking about a dude that no longer has to be the, the leader of this lineup, that's fine. He is going to be a good catcher. He is going to bounce back in 2024. And everyone is going to be looking at this and saying, we're sorry, Tyler. We're sorry for doubting you. Because he's going to be that much better. I firmly believe it. With that, there's then a lot of people that have been asking about, is he catcher one? Is Luke Maley catcher one? And the Reds committed to Luke Maley for multiple years coming into this offseason. So it kind of makes you wonder, is there a catcher controversy going on in Cincinnati? We'll tell you what we think about that coming up next. Before we talk about that, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel is the best way for you to turn your sports knowledge into cash. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now, and if you're a new user, you can place a $5 Moneyline wager, and if it wins, you get $150 in bonus bets on top of your winnings because FanDuel is increasing payouts for everybody. They've got great uh, profit boost promos throughout the NFL season as they're into the stretch run. You can uh, take a, a gander at the Bengals and what they've got going on this week against the Vikings. Very interesting to see how Jake Browning is leading this team. Absolutely love to see it where, you know, we probably wrote the Bengals off just a few weeks ago. That's so fast, my friend. And you could probably make a few bucks over them with your knowledge of the Bengals. Over. And Fandle Plus got Reds futures to check out, whether you're talking about individual accolades or where the Reds will finish in the National League or if they'll win the World Series as well. So check out Fandle.com slash locked on today and start making some money off your sports knowledge. They've got that $5 money line wager, and if you win it, $150 in bonus bets back. I don't know what you're waiting for. Go to Fandle.com slash locked on. Fandle is an official partner of the NFL and an official sportsbook of Locked On. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Reds your first listen every single day. Appreciate everybody. As, as we are now moving into our off-season schedule, there will be a little bit less episodes, although we'll be here with you whenever breaking news happens. We'll be posting episodes, posting shorts, different things like that. You can count on us to be locked on Reds every single day because we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. And we're free and available on all platforms. By the way, Lockdown has created the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today brings you the local experts of Lockdown on the biggest stories as well as our league-wide shows. Got to check out Lockdown Sports Today 24-7 on YouTube. Subscribe today to the first ever 24-7 sports streaming channel. All right, Steve, uh, the, the, the question has been posed. Is Tyler Stevenson better than Luke Maley? 
And the easiest answer in the world is yes. And he's going to prove it in 2024. Now, that's not to say that Luke Maley is not a great number two option, but he's the number two option. Yeah. Okay. Look, there were some statistical oddities in 2023 that I, I can see would get people a little excited, especially if you're already a little excitable. Uh, Tyler Stevenson Which and Luke Maley's country is. <laughs> this is true. Tyler Stevenson and Luke Maley's war for the 2023 baseball season were both 0.7 war. Tyler Stevenson and Luke Maley's OPS plus were both 87 in 2023 so when you take it all together they put up the exact same production differently but they did uh tyler that means that's all they're ever gonna do right no tyler stevenson played in a lot more games than than luke maley did he had a lot more at bats than luke maley did uh that being said luke maley played at the peak of what luke maley is going to give you while Tyler Stevenson was giving you a subpar performance based on the things we talked about in the last segment, he was being asked to do a lot of new things. He was coming off of injury. Uh, that was not representative. I don't think of the guy that he is or where his ceiling is. Uh, Tyler Stevenson has not reached his ceiling just yet. So when you take that into account, there's no controversy here. There is, there's not a question here as to who is catcher number one. But what I will say, Jeff, is that Luke Maley is probably one of the best catcher number twos in baseball right now. And it's such a great move by the Reds front office to bring back Luke Maley, bring him back on a multi-year deal because he brings a lot of stability to whatever we're calling it, the catcher room, the catcher, the catcher collection, the catcher area, whatever we're calling that. Luke Maley brings a lot of stability to that. He brings a lot of wisdom to that. He brings a lot of experience to that. And here's where it really pays off. He knows all of these young starting pitchers already. All of these young pitchers know him. They work well together. They're not going to have to, while figuring out how to improve their game and build upon their seasons and not slump and get better, they're not going to also have to learn how to build a new relationship with a new catcher. They're going to have a catcher behind the plate, whether it's Stevenson or Maley, that know exactly what they like to throw, when they like to throw it, and how they can be most effective. That's going to be huge in 2024 for a pitching staff that we hope is going to take the step to the next level. And that's going to be made possible in part by the fact that the Reds acted quickly. They acted decisively. They filled out what the catcher position looks like in 2024 uh, without hesitation. And, and that's just, we've talked all off season long, Jeff, about the Reds doing things differently than they've done them before. And this is another example of that. They didn't wait and see what might show up on a waiver wire somewhere. They didn't wait to see how things would shake out closer to time to show up in Goodyear. They made a move and they made it fast. And, and I applaud Nick Croft for it because I think that this is going to be one of those moves where when you talk about all of the things that went great in 2024, especially if the Reds do make this postseason run that we want them to make, the signing of Luke Maley is not going to be one of those things that instantly jumps out to the top of a year in review list as what made the difference. But I'm telling you, don't underestimate how much of a difference having Luke Maley back in 2024 is going to make for this team and this pitching staff. I continuity is a beautiful thing. And by the way, I think we're onto something here. Catcher continuum. I think, I think I kind of catcher the catcher continuum. Um, but when it comes to Luke Maley, I don't want this to be 
like a Luke Maley bash session, and we're not making it that. I don't want people to perceive it that way. We love Luke Maley. And I 100% believe that he is the best catcher number two in the league. It's it's to kind of separate the notion that somehow he should be getting more playing time than Tyler Stevenson. I don't believe in that because I believe that Tyler Stevenson is going to bounce back. But Luke Maley showed his value. And I think you're right by saying that that's kind of like the peak of what he can give you. But I think that the Reds did an amazing job of appreciating that value. There, there is something to be said. And I, I know that there are people that wonder about, well, what, what is the offseason priority list if your first signing is just to bring back your backup catcher? That's not it at all. There's a personal side to this where, you know, you always say, well, that's business. It's not personal. Business is always personal. And when you're looking at how the Reds treated this, they showed how much they value Luke Maley and what he brings to the table. We do not have to worry, barring injury, about this catcher continuum because of the talent of both these players and because of the way that they handle the pitching staff. And make no mistake about it, I love the defensive ability of Luke Maley. I love that arm that he shows. But Tyler Stevenson is every bit as good or better than what Luke Maley can show you out on the field. And so I want to put it to bed. Lockdown Reds does not believe that there's a controversy at all. We do not believe that there's a uh, kerfuffle within the continuum. We understand how everything lays out. And yes, Steve, we're calling it the catcher continuum. Oh, okay. Here, here's what we're going to um, do for the, for the folks watching on YouTube right now, get in the comments. I need, is this what we're doing? Are we doing catcher continuum? <laughs> God help us. If this is what we're doing, get in the comment section let us share your thoughts. Uh, if you're not on YouTube, if you're in the audio feed, jump onto X at Jeff Carr, Jeff with three F's at Steve or at Edis Baker with two F's uh, at the show at locked on reds. Uh, tell us what you think, please. No, uh, maybe I'll put a, I'm going to put a poll up. I'm going to put a poll up. We'll do a poll. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to, we're going to put this thing to bed. Let's, let's do this. Jeff. Let's, let's do this. We've now talked about, the value that Luke Maley brings as a backup catcher. We've talked about what we expect is that Tyler Stevenson is going to uh, rebound. He's going to, he's going to be better in 2024 than 2023. What for you is Tyler Stevenson reasonable expectation for performance in 2024? As I mentioned, he was a 0.7 war 887 OPS plus guy in 2023, 13 home runs with a bum shoulder. I think it's not out of the realm of possibility to say that he could be a two war catcher in 2024. Mm -hmm. He could be 25 home runs in the bottom third of the lineup. He could be an OPS plus in the range of 120. Yeah, I, I think honestly, I think if he gets to a 120 OPS plus, we're talking two and a half, three war. I think two and a half is the reasonable expectation. I, I don't believe for one moment that the player that we saw in 2023 is that guy. And I could see even Luke Maley maybe even taking a bump up. Maybe he's got a, a one win above replacement. This is, this is a lovely, and I love this episode so much because I love talking about catchers. Like, that's my favorite position on the field. And every dayers will know we, we value catchers very highly here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. And looking at what the Reds have at catcher is just so encouraging to know that any day 
whether it's, you know, whether Tyler Stevenson is Hunter Green's favorite catcher or Luke Maley is Nick Lodola's favorite catcher or whatever it is, there's not going to be a massive drop-off. Because you remember, I mean, just last year, whenever Kirk Casale played, it was, all right, we're fine defensively, but it's walking infield pop-up waiting to happen as soon as he stops, steps into the batter's box. That's what was going to happen. So hey, we, we, have you slander the guy that delivered the single greatest defensive <laughs> catching performance in the history of the Cincinnati Reds? Defense. is part of a legend of Karcher. So I, I just just yeah. be careful. Be, be no, no. You know we're a long way, Jeff, from the days of Chris Oakey and and what what was it two years ago only? It feels like it was forever ago where they had. <sighs> And eight, nine different catchers in one season. Uh, awesome. Like we were just, happy about yeah, Austin Romine catching. Yeah, like, yeah, just just this short of open tryouts and you know pulling people yeah. out of outfield to catch for an inning. I mean, they've, they've come Miller a long out way. Of retirement. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, they have definitely come a long way with this with this group of catchers. And and speaking of this group of catchers, uh, let's put on the crystal ball coming up here in just a second because as good as Tyler Stevenson and Luke Maley combination can be right now, uh, let's take a look to the future and see what could possibly be next for the Reds, the future of their catching position. We're going to talk about that coming up next. You can follow us between episodes on all of the social media platforms. I mentioned X a little while ago. You can follow Jeff at Jeff with three Fs. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, head over to Discord. Get in on our Discord community. Lots of great baseball talk over there. Uh, we would love to talk baseball with you in between shows over there. Uh, the link to get to our Discord community is down in today's episode description. And if you haven't done so yet, get over to InsideTheReds.com. Check out all of the great work. We, we've got, you know, the, the Avengers have assembled over there. No, we're not doing that, Jeff. Sorry. I, I knew that would put a grin on your face. Uh, but lots of great folks writing over there. I'm dabbling a little bit. Uh, I'll be there from time to time. Jeff, you are like just a machine churning out content over there in written form. Right writing about the Reds, James Rapine's over there, Rick, Rick Ochino's over there, um, Audie Elmore's over there, lots of great talent writing about the Reds. Uh, when you're sitting at your desk and you can't uh, be listening to the show, you can be reading what we think about the Cincinnati Reds. All right, Jeff, let's dive into a crystal ball session for a second. Let's look deep into the future. Five years from now, let's say. Uh, the Reds have some talent in the minor league system when it comes to the catching position, but it's definitely a long ways off. And I think we've been so focused. And I talked about this last week when we were talking about not really paying a lot of attention to what's going on in Daytona, not really paying a lot of attention to what's going on in Dayton because everything has been here and now with the big league club. Uh, and, and, and don't you worry, we're going to get Tom Nichols in here. We're going to get Doug in here. We're going to be talking minor leagues a lot more as we get closer to uh, February's pitchers and catchers reporting dates. But there's some good talent as far as catchers go in the low minors right now. 100%. And really, the biggest talent is still very, very young. In fact, according to Baseball America, the highest rated catcher prospect for the Reds is Alfredo Duno, who is currently 17 years old. They got him in the international signing period. And look, I know I know how we feel about this. I know that we've, we've mentioned you really don't start counting on a prospect 
until they at least get to double A. But Baseball America has him at number 12 in the organization. And I trust Baseball America's rankings a little bit more than I trust everybody else's. And to look five years down the road, it'll be, you know, 21, 22 years old, depending on, you know, where his birthday is. I think it'll be 22 years old. Uh, and that will be kind of an interesting period because he will have been in the Reds organization for six years. He will have moved through the organization, hopefully, if he continues his trajectory, to the point that we should be talking about his Major League debut. And that'll be about the time that Tyler Stevenson is 31 years old because Tyler Stevenson could then take on the, the Tucker Barnhart role. Alfredo Duno will then turn into the Tyler Stevenson. And we may be moving on to the future of this catcher position for the Reds. The thing about it is though, that's hoping that everything goes right. And we know that not everything goes according to play when it comes to the development of a player. There's been so many names over the last few years that we talked about a catcher, Matt Nelson, Daniel Vailheen, guys like that who are off the radar. If, if you look at, Position ranking or prospect rankings and things like that for the Reds, they're nowhere to be found. None of those guys are in the top 30. The only other two catchers in the Reds organization top 30 rankings, Cade Hunter and Logan Tanner, who were both drafted in the last two years. So what the Reds have done at catcher is still a little bit fluid. Could they draft? And who knows? I'm, I'm not sure exactly how college baseball plays out. Maybe a catcher enters the conversation at number two for the Reds this year. Maybe not. But how do they pick in the next five years? Maybe they do get a college catcher that kind of jumps into the conversation. But looking at it right now, we're kind of hinging our hopes on a dude who's currently not old enough to drink. <laughs> well, that's going to make me drink when you put it that way. My goodness, look, 17 years old, there's a lot that's got to happen between age 17 and this guy making his major league debut. Uh, here's what I know. You know, you talk about five years and we're looking five years out. You know, Tyler Stevenson's probably not on this team five years from now. Uh, his his team control will be expiring. Uh, Nick Crawl has told us what the plan looks like. And I don't see Tyler Stevenson as one of the extension candidates so i would imagine somewhere along the way you're going to make a trade and if you do that if tyler stevenson performs like we think he can it could be a pretty lucrative trade because good catching is hard to find and i think maybe it could bring back some catching talent you could bring back a young catcher that's not quite ready by trading tyler stevenson so uh, that's a that's a problem for down the road though folks listen I, I i feel like i just may have messed up and the comment section is about to go ape with me saying you know hashtag steve hates tyler stevenson or something but no he's he's the catcher for 2024 i just don't see that by the time this problem arises i, I don't think he's going to be around jeff you mentioned the tucker barnhart scenario I don't know that any of this young catching in the system right now arrives in time to have that scenario. I think there's going to be a bridge catcher in between there is what I'm saying. See, and I wonder about that because we're talking about a bounce back for Tyler Stevenson from what he did last year. I don't know that the bounce back puts him at the level that we had hyped up whenever he was first a rookie. Mm -hmm. So I think that his value commiserate to a possible extension could actually be doable for the Reds because we're talking about, we, we, we think about the possibility of extending Tyler Stevenson and we still have this specter of a hyped catcher that we thought we were getting whenever he was called up. 
I think the reality is a little bit closer to the ground, a little bit more rooted in reality. And I think the reality of who the Reds could be trying to extend is actually someone they could extend. Now, there's still ifs, and there's still ands and variables and buts and things like that that have to go into all of this. But he might be a candidate for a contract to say that's another episode and there's more to be talked about. Let's let's reframe that for a second. Let's reframe that for just a second because you and I are pretty much in agreement that he could play at 25% above league average. He could be a 125 Mm -hmm. OPS plus guy. Is that a guy? So, you know, finite amount of money for extensions, limited, limited number of extensions is 25% above league average at catcher. Is that the guy you go extend? I I mean I feel like that that's a pretty safe bet. I mean, yeah. now that you've said it out loud, that that's not an unreasonable thought process. If 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 Tyler Stevenson is that guy, and we both think he is that guy, if he's twenty five percent better than the league average, yeah, I would go. I would go throw an extension at Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, I, I think I would too. And it's a little bit of bias because I love the the catcher position. I think it's the most important position on the field, but. If you can tell me that you've got a good catcher that is leading this team on the field and then is is pretty good at the bat, 25% above league average at the bat, I'd sign that guy to a long-term deal. And that is probably a great spot to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Uh, Listen, we appreciate you guys being around when we drop extra content, when Jeff goes live at 2 o'clock in the morning like he did last (laughs) week. You guys, I was at work, and it was late here in Hawaii, and I get this notification that Locked on Reds is live, and I kid you not, I thought Jeff fell asleep on his keyboard and (laughs) accidentally launched a live. I couldn't wait to turn it on to see what kind of craziness was ensuing. But no, there was Jeff with breaking news uh, on the Candelario signing. So that's the kind of stuff you can expect from us here at Locked on Red. So make sure you have clicked the subscribe button and that notification bell so at 2 o'clock in the morning you won't miss Jeff Carr going live with breaking news or me going live with breaking news. We want you here to talk Reds with us every day. We want you to be an everydayer. Coming up next week, we're going to continue to break down the players on this team. We're going to continue to look at possible signings. We're going to continue to analyze the moves that the Reds are making. Jeff, what can people expect as far as content production from us the rest of the way in this offseason? I can expect us to be locked in the rumors, locked in the roster movements, and locked in what Nick Crawl's got to say because we are locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.